Hello and welcome to the DM's Book Club, a podcast where we talk about some Dungeons and Dragons and how we fit it into our role-playing campaigns. However, this time in space! I had no idea what you were going to do and you know what? I approve. What are we talking about today, Fiona? <laughs> well, Can Hamilton, <laughs> it's Spelljammer Day, or the yeah. day after Spelljammer Day as we're recording, and so we thought we'd do our first impressions of Spelljammer, uh, Adventures in Spelljammer. Yes. That's what it's called, right? I appreciate it. We just keep calling it Spelljammer. Adventures in space. In space. It's in space, yes. yeah. So yeah, we're yeah. going to give a sort of a quick overviews of the three books that just come out. Mm-hmm. So we've got the Astral Adventurer's Guide, Boo's Menagerie, and now, how do you pronounce this? Light of Zarshis. <laughs> Uh, Lights of Xerixis, that is what it's called, really. Is it? Is it Xerixis? Xerixis. And you know how I know? Because I watched a video that was released just after it, and then there's been a soundtrack, which also has it several times in many of the tracks. (laughs) Xerixis is what it's called. Yeah, Xerixis. See, I was going down the sort of like Catalan Charichis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's cool. I like it. Xerixis. Xerixis. Oh, I'm going to forget. Xerixis. Xerixis. Okay, good. We we figured out one (laughs) pronunciation. Yes. yes. You've also mentioned off the back of that the soundtrack, which is very exciting. Yes. I haven't listened to it yet. Yes. But um I've already got soundtracks ready for people who want musical uh music to listen to to go along yes. with it already as well. So You know, and you know what? This I think it's again, I, I can't remember and I haven't bothered to listen back to it while yeah. our uh, reactions to D D direct. Yeah. Uh, and if we said oh there'll be soundtracks as another sort of way of enjoying yeah. the game pleasantly surprised when that was announced and i was like oh that's really cool and i have listened to it a few times and i do have some reactions to that as well but again i'll leave that towards the end because there's a lot of people doing it i got a Mm. my friends who did kickstarter for their motorcycle game they did a cd that went with it uh and then another uh set was the mork borg uh had a supplement that did have an lp as well yeah one of their their products was like nominated for several awards because it was a vinyl disc plus extra content so yeah. yeah Really no, cool. Very idea. cool. Very cool. I think if you're going to space, there's so much music as I can attest with what I've been up to. So um mm-hmm. exactly, which has been uh yeah, so very much excited about all those things. Yeah, and I hope there'll be more stuff that is spell jam related that comes out. First overall impressions, what did you think of the Spelljammer box set? Well, I thought it was concise. Uh, mm-hmm. had a lot of good stuff in it in 64 mm-hmm. pages. I think it was the best 64 pages a book's ever had. I think a lot of books probably could be 64 pages yep. uh, and give you, because uh, it seems like, it felt like at the time, like, oh, it's only 64 pages, but it's actually yep. because it's condensed and very good. This, I, I haven't bought many books. This is one of the ones I'm actually going to buy because oh, interesting because wow. i think a lot of the art is so beautiful yes. uh, that i i just kind of want this as a book uh and because it's quite particular to me i think it's harder for for me and maybe the same for you because we've read the old one and yes. and so you know we come from something that is like 2e very rules heavy very crunchy yes and this comes along and it's and it's less crunchy and it's funny, I've all last the last couple of episodes be like, I love Mogborg. I love how not crunchy it is. I love rule slight. But then I turned up and as I've said, I as I'm speaking now, I am the twenty-four hours, uh sorry, twelve hours since being since playing my first session zero of uh, a spelljammer campaign. Yeah. And I just found that there were things lacking. 
and actually coming back into playing D&D again, you realize that the crunchy is kind of part of the point. Uh, and, yes. and, if it's, and if it's there in the characters, mm-hmm. it feels like it's lacking in the ships and the combat, potentially. And, and I think this is what you should play if you want quick, easy combat. But I think it could do with a supplement of like, here's some hardcore combat. Here's yes. some hardcore ships. And I think that's all. And I we think, can talk no, about that when we get to no, it. No, no, I think you've hit the nail on the head because I think my review mm. is three stars mm-hmm. has potential. Ooh. And I feel that's very damning. And this is me, mm. I, I, I completely agree. It's concise. It's been streamlined. Yeah. I think the 64 pages works for people who are going to mm. pick it up for the first time. You know, like the first book, yeah. the sort of ad- adventurer's guide, that's perfect yeah. for introducing to players who have never mm. done Spelljammer before. I think the original Spelljammer, whilst I, I remember saying at the time, it's dense, it's hard, but it's wacky and exciting. And I feel yeah. through the streamlining and condensing down of certain things, certain elements, mm. it's kind of lost a little bit of the wackiness, a little bit of like, oh, that's yeah. really interesting. I want to play that. Yeah. Now I'm not entirely sure what the aim of this is. You know, I aim of this set is, you know? I've got Spelljammer in my mind from the past, which is all the wackiness. And so for me, yes. this is just like a nice condensed version that brings it into 5e. Yes. But actually, you're completely right. Mm-hmm. And like... I don't know, that first one, when we first saw the, like, where's the dwarven, where's the dwarven ships, so, which are big heads? And I I talked about those in my session during, they're like, you're what? And they're like, yeah. yeah. And they're like, the Zardos ships. And I'm like, basically, yes. Like, so first of all, I will say, big thing is like, those ships, they're beautiful. They're condensed, yeah. they're, they're down, there's about 19, mm. 20 of them. They're all really different. And they've got a little, little script about what they do. The different things, they've got a beautiful floor plan. My two issues is that they've reduced them down. They've got rid of some of the variants. So for yeah. example, the astral elves, they don't mm-hmm. have all the beautiful different ones. It's just a generic one, which is a shame because I think you had all these different ones that look like moths and butterflies, a yeah. huge big one that you could have uh, ones like almost like a, uh, a space station. That's yeah. not there. You don't have the wacky dwarves mountain. Orges or citadels. They were called dwarven citadels. Citadels, and, that's it. Yeah. Which the image of them looks silly, but I was like, but where are the they're dwarves? S- I know. know. And they're, but they're silly, but it's so like, I for me, it's such it a like... It makes sense I, for why yeah. the dwarves would be in space. Where... Where is the spelljammer? <laughs> Where's the actual spelljammer? Because that's clearly going to be a supplement, but it's like... Yeah, there's no mention of the original spelljammer, which I know instantly sounds like, oh, where is it? As we've just sort of said. But that was such an iconic bit of lore about mm. this huge living ship where all the other spelljammers sort of come from. It was such a big part of that original set, and it's not mentioned. Or even just a small jammer, it's but I feel that that's... not there. I bet that's got to be a supplement. It just has to be because... But there was no box. There was nothing no. saying, hey, Hey, in the original Spelljammer, it was this. Maybe look mm. for it in future supplements. But then yeah. also go into the other thing. Where are the gnome ships? Oh my gosh, they're, they're so cool. <laughs> yeah, there's, I think that's where the 64 pages lets you down, is that it's condensed and concise. But yes. it could, if there was another 64 pages in the same vein... Yes, and I don't want to do it down, because the ships themselves, like it's simple, it's straightforward, you can just pick it up and go, run with it. Here's yeah. the thing, with D&D recently, they've been like, you can play any race whatsoever. I would love it to see their different ships and their different cultures represented in that. Well, Fiona, if you want a yeah. Drycreen ship, I might have one in my in my locker. Well, and that's the thing. I think from this, and that, this is where all my mm. points about like, oh, what's this? Why is this missing? Etc. I think the DMs Guild, like people like yourself mm. or other supplements will come out and be like, here, do some more stuff. Seriously? So I think it's a great yeah. jumping off point for that front. Yeah, it's 100% true. And I think there's a balance to be made, though, isn't there, between Absolutely. leaning on the community 
and yes. producing something great. And I and I haven't been able had a chance to read the light of uh, Sarsis. Sarsis. I can't get it. I'm gonna Sarixis. Sarixis. <laughs> yeah. And um and so my current assessment was a seven out of ten. Yeah. So like it's near a three. It's a three and a half out of five, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but <sighs> would it have been better if they took all the energy out of the adventure? Mm-hmm. Put it into a better campaign setting. Um, yes. So the final thing I want to say about the ships as well. What yeah. I loved about the original Spelljammer is that you had those beautiful, almost watercolor yeah. painting drawings of the side view of the ship. Mm. You don't have that in this Spelljammer, which is no. fine because you have these amazing sort of action shots which look really yeah. cool. But then for me, I'm like, yeah, but I want to see because that, that was the thing that was so striking about the original Spelljammer, these beautiful yeah. illustrations. So you could actually look like what it looks like at full reach. How you know, mm. if you had like a, a little guide of like, here is a, an adventurer next to a ship. How big does it look, etc. I wondered maybe they didn't want to be too close to that original Spelljammer feel. So they deliberately didn't include those yeah. illustrations and stuff. No, I, I get that. And I think I do love the three-dimensional views, but I, yes. I actually, um, some of them are more positive than others. And I yes. think also there's that sort of sense of like, there was something kind of just beautiful. I mean, like maybe it's an architect thing just to have like elevational mm. images. Because I think yes. the sections really don't do them any justice. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and they actually become quite boring sectionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. And um Okay, well, let's get into this. The basic thing about it is, like, mm. when you design a building, you design plan and section first, then you draw the elevation of the outside. Like, that's how you should really be thinking about things. Right. And what the point of that is, is that a section should be equally as dynamic and interesting, particularly mm-hmm. when you're using build... Like, okay, there obviously are buildings that have that, but if you want to make something special, why is the every deck on a ship that looks like this... If, uh, that's me <laughs> wobbling my hands crazily. <laughs> not got... Like, it's got eye sockets that kind of come out on this hammerhead shark but the plan is the section is square lines it's like no that's not how it would be and Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i feel like the damselfly does it a little bit better in section but it feels like some of them were really lacking and i felt a little bit disappointed by that but i will say there are some cool ones you mentioned a few there like the damselfly Mm. the hammerhead Mm. i really love there was one just called the living ship which is basically Mm. a treant in a ship and Mm. that was just such a cool concept again i don't know if that was in the original spell gem or not because i will say there were many many supplements adding loads and loads of different ships in Let's talk about yes. the playable races and the two new backgrounds that have come into it. Yeah. We won't spend too long on them because we have already covered the playable mm. races to an extent in a UA we did a little while ago. But I just wanted to make note that the GIF themselves have had a complete rewrite from that UA. Yeah. In that it was very, very short. And the way it was sort of sounded like they were like a storytellers, they, you know, that's that they're sort of passing down stuff, but it didn't have much in terms of background. Now the GIF have this. I would say quite a tragic background where mm. they are sort of disconnected from their gods and they've got this sort of big wonderlust. And certainly in the background stuff, um, before you get to the sort of playable racist stuff, there isn't much mention of muskets or firearms, etc. until you get to the stat block and then you go to the booze menagerie and it goes, yeah. by the way, they love guns. Mm. And they've always had that in Spelljammer. And again, the very little knowledge I have of that because I... I didn't cover all of the gift stuff before, yeah. but I was just like, there's been a bit of a disconnect, I feel, with that, because like they're clearly quite cool characters, but there's no mention of this storytelling thing anymore. They're, they've got this... Think, yeah, I just don't I, think they... I think, A, they don't want to bring guns into it yet. Yep. I think that's what it is. And yep. 
there's good there's lots of good reasons for that in some ways but also like it's weird when that is so fundamental to them and only one of the character art has a gun in it you know as a musket and it's on their back but then you look at the the monster the the, mm. the monster book for this yeah all of their their stat blocks have gun mm. proficiencies or, or have grenades and stuff like yeah. that and i just made me go that's quite sad because obviously i as we've always said wizards and and dd it's like you can play whatever you want maybe you want to play a druid gif or whatever but it you feels get like proficiency in all firearms though for a gif. you do you, you do for me there's yeah. such a disconnect between the two books i know, I know what you mean i was like yeah. i know i we we know that people want to play gif mm. i've seen the comments yeah it felt a little bit confused between the two books they didn't seem to marry up and the Astral Elves as well, which they play a huge part in this whole set, I'd say. They, they feature quite heavily in the adventure. The only thing I wanted okay. to say in terms of their player character, they removed this Radiant Soul feature from them, which was this, they if they managed to succeed on a death saving throw, they got some temporary hit points, and they removed yeah. that and replaced it with other things, which I think is a shame. So I really yeah. like that <laughs> as a feature. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that was kind yeah. of fun. And it's like the orc-ish, uh, what's it called, orcish? Where they go down and they come back they, to one hit point. One hit point. Yeah, it's similar mm. to that, isn't it? Which is kind of... Yeah, and I, but they've replaced it with other things which are equally good. But I guess the whole point of the um, astral elves is that they're immortal. They live for such a long time. But they, at the same time, you know, there is a chance you can die in space. So I don't know. It was just, yeah. it was just an interesting concept yeah. to me. And I just thought the Radiant Soul feature was really good. And then they've just taken it out. Here's the other thing, sorry. The Hadozi, the sort of um, creatures with sort of the big flaps of, uh, of skin that they can glide and stuff, they've also had a bit of a rewrite in terms of background, which I don't know if I agree with it. It's basically this idea that they, uh, on their home planet, there was lots of predators, so they used to go up into the trees and fly, but they didn't have intelligence. And then a wizard came, trapped them or enslaved them, gave them some elixir, and then they became intelligent. So pretty much like a Planet of the Apes type thing. They then overthrow the wizard and then they leave their planet. And I was a bit like, they didn't have to have that. Why couldn't they have always been intelligent? Why couldn't mm. they, you know, it didn't need to have a tragic and I felt quite a brutal sort of factor. I wasn't expecting it when I was reading it. And that was a bit, a bit of a change from the UA. But their stuff is still quite cool as well. And the way they can glide over places, I was like, oh, that's quite useful. That's cool. Yeah, that is yeah. really good. I think a glide thing is better than a flying speed, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, you pretty much covered everything I wanted to mention. I, I still think the autonomes are really fun. Yes, I, love, I them. love them. And I've got one in my in my show. And yeah. I think they're a really, I think they are something that, again, I think people are just going to use a lot. Plasmoids, again, also quite cool, to be honest. And I think something that's kind of a little bit on that when you were talking about wacky side, I think both the autonomes and the plasmoids give that sort of wackiness yes. and are kind of up for that. And I, uh, and and that was positive. But other than that, I think, I think they've all got good stats and they're well balanced. And I think there are interesting parts to them. As you said, it just feels like there is a disconnect in certain areas. And I think if you're playing a spell jammer campaign, mm. I would just say to my players, we're going to start in space. And there's a reason mm. for that, which I'll come back to in the adventure. Yeah. Everyone picks from these playable races. Don't okay. bother with the others. Just because they're so cool and different, yeah. why would you play... Like, yeah. I just... I, again, that's the thing for me, one of these things, that, that Wizards have introduced so many cool playable characters. Yeah. And I know maybe it's a stats thing, maybe it's a, a mechanics thing, but everyone's always like, elf or yeah. human. And I'm like try these out they're cool no, exactly and i'm so, and this is you know, we're going to talk about this the thing we always mentioned it i don't know if we mentioned it off podcast and on podcast but there's also a lack of this di diversity in, yes. in the rest of the sort of setting which is a shame mm -hmm. and it's something like when i was playing my session zero in my in our campaign we've already got an auto gnome who's basically uh got clones of themselves that run the ship and that is you know that also is like they're sort of like computer and yep. 
and the main t- antagonist is going to be a band of Thrycreen, uh, <gasps> you know, oh, and cool. stuff like, and all Thrycreen based because, like, why wouldn't you? We're here. And to be fair, I'm looking at every other page of them with the Nazari. I am just like, give me that as a playable race. Give me that as a playable Put race. Those in. Put those because in. Yeah. I think also go for Gith Yankee uh, or Gisarai. Yes. They're, this is where they really come into elements. So, like, if mm-hmm. you haven't played one, this is a great chance to really engage with them. Their particular playable race traits and stuff that's not in this book, it's in the uh, Mordekaiden Presents Monsters of the Multiverse. Those are the updated yes. ones for those ones. But they do have specialized spelljammer variants in the yes. Who's Menagerie, like Buccaneer and. Uh, yes, they do, yeah. Starseer and a Xenomancer. There you go, yes. There's a really cool thing in the Booze Menagerie, which I maybe will go on to a little bit. In the first couple of pages, it says, like, here are all the new monsters where you can find them. A certain uh, notification next to them indicates that they can be casters for spell jammers. So you yeah. could be encouraged to be like, we're now going to see a whole team of yeah. flumps who are mm. spell jammers, and they, and they move yeah. the ships across using a spell jammer helm. Let's talk about the backgrounds very, very quickly. You've got the Astral Drifter and the Wild Spacer, and they're very yes. nice, they're very flavoursome, and again, perfect for Spelljammer. Yeah, yeah. The Astral Drifter, I think you'd see that as a high-level character if you're just going to, mm. rather than starting back at level zero, because it's just that idea that you've always been wondering, you've got this backstory, this history, etc. Mm. You don't just start at level one. That made me think about the last couple of adventures and the last couple of um, settings and stuff. We always start with low-level characters or low-level adventures to introduce people to it, and that I know that's Wizards thing, they want to get more people into it. Mm. I am so tired of being level three and dying. Yeah. <laughs> I want, I, I have just ran or in the process of running uh, a Radiant Citadel one shot, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some other point. And it's a high level. I went straight for level 14. I love high level stuff. Mm. We can just get on with it. I can, yeah. I can throw as much stuff as it. The players, they can use all their cool stuff. It's just so much more fun. I think level 10 is a great starting point. I think so too. You just, cause you can do so much stuff and you've got yeah. all these cool features. I think, and I know we're recording this before the live stream yeah. on Thursday. I think if they're going to do another anthology, which has been very, very popular, I think they need to aim it from level 10 above. Yeah. And just have those high levels of we've done I've interviewed people like Uncaged Goddesses, which is high level one shots with gods. And that's so exciting. It's just different because yeah. then you get to experience the full range of it. Starting back at level three, oh God, boring. I'm I'm done now. I wanna yeah. I wanna do cool things. So I think with the Astral Drifter mm-hmm. and even the wild space of this idea that you've lived on spelljammer ships your whole life and all that thing, just start them high level. It's level seven if you're not so sure, but yeah, level ten, I think just because mm-hmm. you can do stuff and you can just like really embrace the character and have this backstory. You've been on several missions. You don't have to be like, oh, it's my first time at sea. I wonder what oh no, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like you wanna play that, you can play that. But I think I totally agree with you and the, that's what I've done. I've started level 10, gives you yeah. so much to do. Also, I remember in the old Spelljammer, and something that is a really interesting thing about Spelljammer is like you can jump into Spelljammer off any single, every single other adventure. Yeah. You save Toral? Well, great. Now you gotta save the universe. Ba-ba-ba. Yes, absolutely. And I, I do recommend very much the first adventure from the old 2e Spelljammer. Yeah. Because it's got a big twist. It's got a great introduction to getting you into space and giving you an intro to some of the really cool and crazy characters that you can yeah. meet out there. And uh, so I recommend if you have a chance or you can get a hold of it, have a look at the old one because it's it's a really good intro for like yeah. jumping from I've done something like Warsteep Dragon Heist or I've done Tyranny of Dragons or I've done it Out of the Abyss. Now mm-hmm. let's do something in Spurs. Yeah. The final things I did write it down. 
So there's a feature in the Wild Space background mm. that's called Wild Space Adaptation, where yes. you just don't get disadvantage when you're doing weightless combat, which I think would be quite prevalent in general because it's quite a cool thing to do in Spelljammer. I bet a lot of people might take that just so they don't have that disadvantage. You can do it if you've got a swim speed, then you can do it fine yeah. in combat. Just do a Hamilton start and just give everyone that weight. I've just like weightlessness. <laughs> it's out <laughs> i think i think yeah i think there's going to be like a feature or you just encourage that in your place like hey yeah. you adapt after a session or two because you're just yeah. getting used to it or whatever like yeah i think it's because otherwise you're like i'm level 15 but i can't hit for shit because yeah <laughs> i've got disadvantage yeah. on all my melee attacks because i can't swim through space i've also allowed people to use their mental uh ability the old school way of moving around the astral sea which is if you mm. want to use if you've got a good intelligence modifier you can do the thinking to move yes um, which allows your wizards to be actually faster in the astral sea so i think that's a benefit that we should because to be honest they're not actually getting into melee combat but it gives them a benefit of expeditious retreat and moving around and yep. being more dynamic in space yep. mm -hmm. a lot more people are going to be magical users so I think, so I think with that i've allowed that as well as because they say if you've got a flying or walking speed you can use that but i'm saying actually also if you can use 10 feet per your modifier to a minimum yep. of 10 foot Mm. Uh, as your mental movement there was another section called astral sea navigation which was quite mm. fun this idea that if you're in the astral sea and mm. you're like i want to go to the nearest githyanki outpost it, you'd be like it's that yeah. way mm. and i just thought that was really cool because then you don't have, you, you could have like one of those um again the yeah. magical items that could show you all sort of but i just like the idea is like internal satellite because that is just how the astral sea works oh they've already they did put travel by thought alone whoops sorry they have put it in there i think the fact you had that in it yeah. already you're like yeah because otherwise you're like forever like oh help yeah, exactly. help i'm drifting yeah, exactly the final thing i want to say before we move on <sighs> hamilton i really can't abide when we have like extra activities such as fishing in our games <laughs> i find it yeah, so boring I, I mean it's weird when they're trying to be rules light and they tuck in something like this i don't know i think you could come up with this yourself fine yeah i'm not bothered by it ghost of salt marsh didn't have anything to do with fishing in which seems bonkers when you think about it because obviously it's all about coastal stuff etc and then it's like by the way you could do fishing and i'm like so what you've got you've got a big yeah. spell jammer ship I'm sure you could be like, oh, coffee, black, and an autonome opens up and gives you it. Like, oh, I just, I don't know. Well, this is what, again, we will talk more about how I think ships should be running when we come to those sorts of things, because that's the, there's a couple of things I've got of like, your mm. ship needs these magical spells. Well, let's talk about that then. So we've got two new magic spells and two yeah. new magic, uh, three new magic items, mm. and they're all basically how to adapt in space. Obviously, oh, one yeah. of the magic items is a, a spell jammer helm, which yeah. has some incredible illustrations, which I absolutely mm -hmm. love. Yeah, and then you've got like how to create like basically like a helmet for your air, and mm -hmm. how to create a helm as well. So very straightforward, very simple. And again, it made me think of in Strixhaven, there wasn't too many like additional spells and stuff. There was quite a few cantrips in the Strixhaven one, but not so much mm. here. So I think people might be like, oh, I wanted more space-like spells, or so yeah. you know, because we know from Two E that obviously mm -hmm. certain spells were enhanced by the astral uh, not the astral sea the um phlogiston that's not mm. here in this one yeah because it was so flammable you couldn't use any flame uh effects or so, and if you did it would basically explode on you and stuff like on that. on you the ship everything and there was also the lack of uh connection to gods when you were in that space so it yeah. made it interesting for, for any clerics and there was lots of other like interesting yeah. things that it did have then what they missed perhaps was maybe because they've had environment tables for everything else in like tasha's mm. one maybe having a spell jammer like 
maybe there is like an astral sea magic is enhanced here but mm-hmm. you have to roll under a certain level otherwise it goes wrong or something like that mm-hmm. just because uh, things are going to happen in space we've got encounter tables left right and center that's no problem at all but i just thought it's going to be different in the astral sea it's going to be different mm-hmm. in realm space to an extent I'll be interested to have more environmental effects like that that you could just plop mm-hmm. in, be like, oh, you're not on you know material plane anymore, you're in a different place. But maybe they've already done that in another book mm-hmm. and I'm just not aware of it. Well, let's talk about ships, because I know you've done a lot of research Ooh, into yes. this for your own thing. So let's talk about it. So what do you want to talk about first in terms of ship stuff? So just to clarify what the helm is, because that kind of leads into the ships yes. as well. The helm is normally actually, see, I think in the old one, it could actually be absolutely a helmet. anything. A helmet, yeah. it could be a chalice, it could be mm. whatever you fancy it to be. It could be a piece of armor or whatever. And I think flavor that as much as you like. I think that's something you should get into. Mm-hmm. There are two types, there are major and minor, but I don't think it tells, or does it not have those in this? Nope. Well, there used to be major and minors, but it does have the ability if you have more than one helm to do the contested helm. Yeah. So this idea that you could literally someone could come on and take control of your ship. Yeah, exactly. Really cool. And there's a bit of uh, we could get into the sort of movement and stuff of ships, I guess, but which is probably where we should start. Yeah. Spell jammer, spell jamming, spell jammer helm is how you <laughs> is how you move through space. Uh, basically, if there's no other objects weighing more than one ton or more within a mile of you, you move at 100 million miles in 24 hours, no matter what. This is the old. This is the same as the old way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once you get into contact with something, it's very much simplified that you get into contact you slow down it doesn't really tell you it used to have things like size of planet to how long it takes you to get out of the gravity well now yeah. it doesn't have any of that mm-hmm. uh and i think that's fine because to be honest oh, no who's <laughs> exactly <laughs> we're in space yeah. we want to go we're not yeah. the scientist people here <laughs> you need to attune to it which takes an action and that's pretty much it which is not like the hour i think you, i would i make it a little bit more like you get in, yeah. invited into that a, a bit so you have a ship. The ship comes with now much less things than it did before. Moving about is so much easier. You literally just move and it has a speed. It used yeah. to have things, I'm looking at an old one off the top uh, of here. It used to have things like tonnage thing, which we still have, but it had an oh. armor rating, which was different. Yeah. And it had a maneuverability class. And a maneuverability class used to be like, which is very complicated. I think that, and it was like more for hex grids and you could turn the, if it was a small, fast ship, you could turn on a turn at the same time. I thought they were going to stick with that and go for a more miniatures heavy game. Well, that's what you you predicted, didn't you? You predicted a minis game. I'm thinking they might do this as an, they've done that minis game D&D Onslaught. I think they might do a similar thing, which is like... Like Star Wars X-Wing, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Star Wars X-Wing, Spell Jammer, Damsel Fly. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> uh, or Star Lancer. And I think they'll put it in there. But I think this is I great. Think so. I think just easy peasy. Yeah. And you can board ships. And it's much lighter even than... Well, and then Saltmarsh, even. Like, exactly. it does, like it does, there's no mention of crew morale and all that sort of thing, which was mm. all very important for Saltmarsh stuff, but it's not here now. Yeah. So I think... What it indicates to me is that that whole book, Ghost of Saltmarsh, is going to get a rewrite at some point or an or an errata just to change mm-hmm. that as well. Because again, it's it's for you, it's the crunchiness of it, right? It's like oh, yeah. make it easy, etc. But yeah, I'm all for combat being easy, as you know, because otherwise just, we're all just sat there going, oh, what angle is the ship at? Oh, can my crossbows reach it, etc. Yeah. So I think what they've ironically done though is they give you things that your ship can do that is about attacking. <laughs> right so it makes yes. very lightweight ship combat and then focuses purely on combative things that your ship can do mm-hmm. which is like the two things it can do are your crew actions are ballista and giant cannon for example on the bombard and you yeah. can also go and ram things 
great. I know it's a combat game. So either make it a combat game and go lean into this. There are a lot of nerds who play D&D. There are yeah. a lot of nerds who watch a lot of sci-fi movies, right? Yeah. And we've mm-hmm. seen a lot of ships. We know what ships can do. We've watched Star Trek. We've watched Star Wars. We've got yeah. used to a sci-fi world, which has ships having computers and having abilities to do things. These ships should be living beings in themselves that have abilities. I'm sort of playing it that I've got these auto gnomes that run the ship and allow the ship, but the ship also has instilled things. I think something it's lacking is this. They look like living beings. They should lean into it and allow them or this helm to have extra additional properties. Mm -hmm. You know, I had players yesterday saying like, how do I do like a scan? And so I was like, okay, you can pulse out detector good and evil from your ship. Need to give that a number of charges per day, but it should have things like that. And it can use that detector good and evil to detect good and evil but also because that is affected by thickness of material mm-hmm. it acts like an x-ray and it can composite it or something yep. and then into your spell jamming helm psychic link or something like that yeah. or a display of a magical item whereas what about it being able to produce food and water uh you know like a replicator or something yep. like that food replicator mm-hmm. where is the ability for it to to you know i have gadabouts that you can it can summon for you you know so like you can get like equipment and Mm -hmm. lots of other things it feel like it needs more thought to make these into an additional part of your crew yeah i think that what's interesting so thinking back to ghost marsh thing you could upgrade your ship and it'd be certain whether you'd can't there's no way to upgrade your ships in this one right not 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 easily there's not like a list of Mm. features that you could add which you'd think that would be perfect because presumably if you're going to go beyond the adventure that is presented or, or do your own thing, you want to have your own ship, like a, your own little hub and mm. customize it. Quite a lot of space games. So there's like there's Death in Space, which came out recently, which I mm. played. I think the upgrades are missing and to make it really personalized. I'm thinking stuff like Blades in the Dark. You have, you know, separate sheet for that, you know. So, yeah, yeah rather than just it being a tool, you want mm. to make it like you said a part of your thing yeah. the thing i was sort of talking about to you off podcast there was a, a document and forgive me i cannot remember for the life of me what the name of the author is mm. but it's just called ships of people too and it mm. gives them proper actions in combat you you could easily give it some spell slots etc depending yeah. on what kind of ship it just made you think about ships not being a tool but as a this is what it does on its turn and you, and together you have a you know you have a discussion as players or have a player go right as the captain of the ship we're going to do this which you can do anyway i know yeah. but it was just it gave you more flexibility and customization to do combat in that way. 100%. And I think that's something that just should be thought about and people can think about themselves and do themselves. But I, I think agree. it's a fun, I think it's just something that be aware of before you get in there because you might find your characters are going to ask you these questions. And yep. so if you need it, I, there'll be something soon. But if you haven't got it, think about it in advance. And because it's kind of, oh, you could do it on the fly, obviously, is what improv's for. Obviously. But it's like, but don't bother looking in the book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is what I'm getting at. <laughs> But on that, the, the ships are great. I think we can all just yeah. agree that they're, they're interesting. There's loads of them. The artwork is is fun. Because I only looked at the original box when we did our, our review mm. of it. And I know you did a little bit more in terms of looking at stuff. Yeah. But what I love about this particular set that they've chosen of the different things, obviously quite a lot of them, they look like like the Jerry Anderson sort of Stingray sort of look or the, um, the, uh, yeah. the Jules Verne look, essentially. But you've mm. also got creatures that look like like fish like insects yeah. like turtles and yeah. it's not just like it's a galleon in space there is one galleon yeah. in space but they're all identifiably different and i just thought like that was really cool i, I really no, like I the think... turtle one which is like almost like a submarine yeah and the scorpion one i think is pretty cool that was a new one yeah so the scorpion one that can move across yeah. land yeah. <sighs> that's so cool like i hadn't considered like having a mm. ship and maybe like a little baby mm. one come out like thunderbird 3 or whatever it is no not thunderbird 3, whatever that comes out of uh, thunderbird yes. 2 Four, son of a four. I think with the simplicity of the ship combat, 
feel free to go and buy yourself Lost Ships. That was the supplement from 2E, mm-hmm. which had a load of new, really cool shit. It had a Swan Ship, which was such a... People can... If <gasps> anyone knows Robert Venturi uh, as an mm. architect thing, there's a lot of that style in it. Very cool. And you can get those Dwarven Citadels from there if you want to start bringing yes, some please. Dwarves in. And the Gnomes. Get the Gnomes. Uh, get the um, Gnomes. The bonkers get Gnomes. Get the Gnomes. Get the Gnomes. Uh, uh, so, and if you even just Google Gnome Ship Spelljammer, you get the plans and stuff oh. like that. So, like, it's there. They're called yeah. a side wheeler, which is like uh, gnomes are when we talked about it before are basically the Warhammer orcs of of you know it, they just keep adapting, <laughs> adapting these crazy huge sort of like fifty yeah. percent chance it will it will break on impact. Yeah, exactly. But they're sort of like awesome. Uh, yeah. Even the gnomish whelk is actually really cool as well, which is the small yeah. like little uh, home ship. But I think uh, yeah, really just go and go and have a look at some more of those. <laughs> So the final chapter in the Astral's uh, yes. adventure guide is about the Rock of Brawl, which obviously mm. everyone's very excited about because, again, it is like an OG spelljammer yeah. thing. It's like the big hub where you can start your adventure from. Mm. People can go visit and stuff. It is basically like this hub, essentially, a port. And mm. what I will say to you, because I know you, you looked at it very, very briefly, it's pretty much exactly the same. They've, yeah. they've slimmed it down a little bit. Um, the map, the poster map, is beautiful for it. And you've got the underside of it now as well. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just showing you the different parts of it. My tiny, tiny bit of criticism is that they've not really changed much of the history behind right. it. Like, it's got a very interesting history. This idea that you know used to be like a a pirates hub, and mm. there was, and then someone joined them together, and then when they passed away, their son sort of squandered it, and then their yeah. son came to power, and then mysteriously died. It's like, it, yeah, yeah, it's very much like, um, have you played Uncharted Four? It reminds me uh, of yes. uh, Libertalia, but a successful one. <laughs> yes. And then obviously you've got these underbarons and. What it's just very different. We've looked at stuff mm. like Minsk and Boo's Journal of Energy, which we keep talking mm. about, and we've looked at the critical role uh, stuff as well, where they like, here is the city yeah. in two or three pages. There's no um, population breakdown at all, which I think is a shame. Yeah. You get a sense that it's not that big a place. It's like, I, I tried to work it out. It's slightly bigger than Vatican City, which is tiny. Mm. And there's only little bits of flavoring throughout. Mm. Like they've got, you know, it's like, oh, here's the shop here. It's run by this plasmoid yeah. boss and all that sort of thing. And you think that's great. But it's just like little bits and pieces. It's not yeah. enough for me after we've read all these really cool things and the histories and stuff. It doesn't necessarily grab me as maybe it would have done if I had read this first rather than the original Spelljammer. Mm. The criticism is that throughout TV recently and in video games, there's been a lot more female prominent people from different backgrounds in quest giving roles, in like proper character roles, like leading roles. Sandman gender swapped quite a number of its main characters and they were played by people of colour and it was really good. In The Rock of Brawl, it definitely feels like the top people are still male-presenting humanoids, maybe an elf, maybe a halfling, and that's it. And it feels like after all this sort of bringing in the sort of like, hey, you can play any race whatsoever, the leadership is still the same. And I would have mm. just loved it just to change it up a bit, even if it was just like, we've got more tabaxi guards or we've got more Thrycreen or anything like that. Just It just mm. felt like... Oh, Another missed opportunity. I do think they have done some changes, but again, I can't couldn't tell you what they were because I haven't compared them to the original mm. Spelljammer. But it's it's very similar, and I was just a bit like a little bit disappointed that the top hadn't changed. Like it would have been great, but what if it was all women? What if it was a matriarch that brought them all yeah. together, and then it was two sisters that sort of were vying for the for the thing, yeah. and one of them turned up dead, and then the other ones taken mm. over. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think I guess there's always the conversation you can imagine in the background of like. Oh, what if people get angry if we change it? Or, you know, I don't yes. know, stuff like that. It's, uh, but I think I totally agree. Uh, 
So it could be much more interesting. The only um, reason why I'm coming from this, again, it's coming from that Radiant Citadel. Just coming off the back of that, reading through that, a lot of the leadership is so, so different and the structures are so different. And then to come to this and I go, oh, this is really boring. Uh, for me, and I'm saying this for me, like I'm sure so other people will find it's fine. And yeah, maybe it's like, oh, it's just like in the law. That's fine. Yeah. But I think for me, they could have pushed it out a little bit more. They could have tried some new things yeah. uh, and they they haven't. And yeah. it is what it is. Exactly. I think... We, I think Rock and Roll, though, it's got lots of little bits, nice little yes. taverns and stuff to have fun with. Yes. I like the Happy Beholder, I like the Man of War. I like the idea the Man of War could be adventures owned because it mentions that in a little Yes, well, line. well, that's what I thought as well. This big restaurant, which I was thinking like restaurant at the end of the universe type style. Yeah. And yeah, you could have it like a troll school manor hook so that players yeah. of a higher level could be like, oh, we're going to interest yeah. in this. Uh, totally love thing. it. Great. The other thing that it mentions in there is uh, the Mercane. Now, these used to be called the Arcane. In, that's in what the- I thought they were called. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, they've given them a little bit more interest. And yeah, if anyone wants a slightly varied version of that, you can find that on my DMs Guild, <laughs> which is called the Dom, <laughs> where I've worked on something similar. But I think they are very cool, and yeah. I think that's something like again, the thing that makes me the most excited is the next bit, really. Which mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a lot of great stuff in Rock and Brawl. I think without going too deep into it, I think we could do a, a bit more of a lore dive into that. I think we could. Point. And yeah, how maybe agreed. we might want to change it. We could even do or that sounds like a great idea. Let's, actually, let's, let's do recreate that. Recreate the rock of brawl or something like that. How would we change something that is iconic and yeah. make it our own? Yeah, yeah. That I think that'd be thing. really fun. But Boo's Astral Menagerie is where yes. I literally was just like tick 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 tick. This is where it got. If it was just Astral Menagerie, I'd say nine out of ten. I think yes. I'd even go as far as to say. I because- completely agree with you. It's filled with every single thing. You're like, why is where where this is what we want? We want we want megapedes. We want mercanes. Where are my playable doa? I want to oh, play a penguin. I knew it. That's a- <laughs> Come on, like what? Uh... <laughs> Who? I, I bet you if I go, I bet I'm gonna go on DM Skills now. I'm going to just look. I'm just going to search Dowar because I bet someone's made These one. These Dowar, they're basically, um, I can't remember what they're called in Star Wars, but they're the little merchants, essentially. Um, 75p, Dowar playable race option. There you it's go. Already there. Someone's already beaten me to it. That is insane. Well, there you go. We'll put a link to it. Why not? Because yeah. I feel like they've gone, okay, what could be in space? And it basically is anything. But they've gone all the way from sort of really horror things uh, to like the really silly things. But no, I say silly, like the things that I would not have thought of. I would not have thought of penguins. Mm. And I'm like, oh God. But then it's like, they're cute. They've got a purpose. You know, they're merchants. They're, they're happy mm. to help. Here's the other thing. And it happens in the adventure as well. Mm. There's no pronunciation guide again. <laughs> and Are you so sure? I, I sure? I checked the cover art. <laughs> I checked in case there was like an introduction. I couldn't find one. And that's on the D&D Beyond stuff as well. They've got a new sort of big bad, I think, which is sort of on the... They've worked with Mind Flayers, according to their backstory, but they, I think I think you pronounce it Persilons. This mm-hmm. sort of like worm-like creatures, which I thought they looked a little bit like Neogi at one point. But mm-hmm. this idea that, that they look like... You know when they have those microscopic blow-up images of creatures that you find in your bed uh, mm. or in your skin that's what yeah. they kind of look like if they have two heads that means they're a leader because two mm. heads are better than one the magic user one which can has to eat one of its victims and then it can change its shape to be that victim which yeah. is again a really cool reveal i think because it's mm. like quite horrible there's also stuff like uh, an eye monger which is basically like a space beholder which Love is it. 
which they have a really interesting thing. Instead of like having an anti-magic cone from her eye, it's an anti-magic gullet. So it yeah. has a lot of treasure in it's inside it. And if you go in, you can't cast spells out. You can't get out. You have to it's physically... So yeah. oh, I think that's really cool. There's something called a fear, which is basically yeah. like a dream-eating creature with tentacles, which again looks a little bit to me like a, another beholder, but it's just mm. horrible. I don't thought that was gross. The yeah. jammer leech, which is like these barnacles, a great environmental hazard that mm. you go, oh no, like trying to get them off the. Sort of remind me a bit of uh, molds, like the molds of you know, yeah, we were talking about the other week. Exactly. Yeah. And then you have something whose name I cannot pronounce for the life of me. It's like ne. No, yeah, the Kindori though, space yeah. whales. We've seen those before in all the Spelljammer, but they they look beautiful in this one. I will say. The Nethalgu. Yes, that's the one. Nethalgu. AKA the brain collectors. And they have an interesting thing where they collect people's brains and they have to get to 12, 12 of them. And when they get 12, they go, I must leave now. I must go back to the Far Realm. Sounds great. I just thought that was really cool. There's something called the Starlight Apparition, which is the, sort of the space version of a ghost that is helpful and friendly. Mm. And I just thought, that's a really cool twist on it. And then there's the, the Zodar, which I think I said to you, was like, holy shit, they put in a monster that can use Wish. Uh, <laughs> which ah. I was like, how cool is this idea that it just hovers doesn't say anything like the sarans cool uh, the murkane that is like old school <laughs> sort of like spell yeah. jammer planescape sort of artwork that i'm loving yeah. i'm like that is where i want to go I yeah go experience them the other things that you've mentioned um cosmic horrors which is like cosmic gargantuan. horrors yes exactly what? and and then <laughs> scavers <gasps> oh like really weird cool sharks space sharks they like are fun uh, murder comets like what the heck but i gotta mention because i i have i was waiting for you to mention these <laughs> i have been given a title i have been given a particular niche in which i have to exist yes. as such i must mention more dragons more cool <laughs> freaking awesome dragons I was like, oh my goodness. So yes, we have lunar and solar dragons, yeah. which are very, very cool. I love how it's almost like two sides of a coin yeah. balance. I was surprised they weren't mentioned in fizz bands. I wondered I if they were deliberately held back yeah, exactly. because of Spelljammer. So I saw them, I was like, why are they not in fizz bands? Photonic like, breath. Yes. Point the dragon sea <laughs> within 240 feet, blossoms into a 40-foot radius sphere centered on a point. Each creature must make a DC... 23 constitution saving throw or take 12 d10 radiant damage ah, yes Whoa. please so cool that is an ancient one obviously obviously and then lunar dragons as well who because i'm emo obviously think are cooler because they've got super cold breath they got a wing attack and they have treacherous ice magical ice covers the ground mm -hmm. in a radius sense to point the dragon sea and the ice is difficult terrain. It just kind of, but it, it, that was more like a how cool. Like I just get you come in, and it goes, <laughs> cracking everywhere around you, and then it and then it phases because it becomes incorporeal, incorporeal form, and it says as long as it can concentrate on four. And you're like, mm. yep, that that means you're going to be firing spells at it till kingdom come. Who I mean, what adventurers aren't going to want to go end up? It's the scene in uh, Star Wars, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're like, ah, running away from a nautiloid, jump down in that hole. Yeah, okay, we're in there. And then you hear, and then they're sitting Ooh. in the ship and it's quiet. And then they see ice on the windows. Yeah. And they're like, what's that ice? And then you hear, Rah! you're like, ah, fuck. 
<laughs> yeah. it's a huge lunar dragon you've just gone into its lair i expect you to have a dragon ship combat of some sort because yeah yeah it's like oh i love it it's so cool and one thing i did want to mention that the notice thing that i noticed was that so you have lair actions and lair, lair like environments sorry you, know, you have lair environments for both lunar and solar but it doesn't say what happens if mm. you kill a solar dragon i presume because their lair is an actual star so <laughs> it's very hard to kill them <laughs> i say if you kill a solar dragon yeah the star the sun explodes. explodes yeah Whoa. you get full blame pulsar nebulon whatever i love called? that uh, what are they called uh, when they explode stars? They're not called nebulas. They're called oh, don't stars. I? Oh, I don't know. We clearly ah. now we need a scientist to come on. Um, now we need a scientist. Supernova. Supernova. There you go. There you go. The one thing I did want to mention before we wrap up, maybe the monsters a little bit, because they've been used in all the promotional material. Because obviously they're like, you know, what what else can we put in space? And it is the vampires and the space yeah. clowns. No. (laughs) (laughs) Hamilton's face kind of cringes. The vampires, for example, they're quite cool. We've had vampire, we've had vampire pirates before in Ghost Marsh. Mm. There's like this, there's a ship that's like an undead ship. Very, very cool aspect of that. They just put that in space, and if it's a little bit different, I think it's quite cool. It's very sexy. If that floats your boat, that's fine. I do want to talk about the space clowns because I think their backstory. Very, very short, really, really interesting. This idea that they, in this particular world or plane, the people, they worshipped a god of revelry and fun. And so the the priests of this religion started giving out elixirs called Frilljoy. People yeah. started drinking it. And before they knew it, they realised the elixir was a mixture of some sort of demonic ichor and the juice of a bozo flower. And that's how oh, they yeah. all turned into these creatures. And, you know, they've got various features and stuff. Like they've got squeaky shoes, which they have if they're in their clown form, but if they're in a different form, it's okay. So you can have a proper it style like transformation. Yeah, I know, I can see you. I'm going to move on, Hamilton. What? They do have guns, but I love the fact that if you take a gun off them, it doesn't work for you because it's a yeah. toy gun. And yeah. that's the thing. I would love it to have. I think that's the thing. I would make it so flavorsome that it is very silly and bonkers, mm. but also horrifying. This idea that, like, yeah. oh, smell my flower, cold spray or something. Yeah, you know? splash. I, was like, I totally agree. I think it fits with what you're saying about the, the need for more sort of lightness and the sort of kookiness of yes. it. I just wish it wasn't clowns. But yeah. that's, that's just a personal thing. <laughs> I think a lot of people will also say that. Yeah. Clowns is something in our culture where even the last couple of years, they've, mm. come, they've come back again, I think. And people are just like, Nope. And I totally agree. Yeah. It's definitely something I would put in a session zero. It is that prevalent in our society. And if people, yeah. someone goes, nope, I'm like, okay, no space clowns yeah. for this one shot, which is totally fine. Whilst we're going through, I was just doing some checks. Zodar is, was in the old spell jam, actually. <gasps> was I it? Find, yeah, it was. Yeah, I just Ooh. didn't, we must have missed it last time. Uh, it was in the monstrous compendium. It wasn't in the base one. We, uh, in our bad research, only only read the the base. Rygar <laughs> don't seem to come up in the old one. Yeah, um, Rygar are interesting though. I was going to say another one that I think playable race. Mm-hmm. I think pretty cool. I wonder if they'll come up in a supplement. So yeah, these Rygar, from what I understand, they're sort of like an androgynous. I can't even say the word, but like a genderless folk, mm. originally sort of humanoid, but have descended from octopi. Which some people would probably be like, mm, no, thank you, and that's fine. But they have a sort of 
golden glow about them and this almost mm. naturalistic affinity yeah. with their ships the and i'm gonna get this wrong the aseric i think it's called yeah. um just like almost like a jellyfish which can yeah. shape its form and everything like that i also love the jewelry story that they have this thing yes. called a talarith so Rygar wander while space and actually in search of artistic inspiration traveling in symbiotic organic ships that they create each Rygar possesses a magical item called a talarith which is created and which it alone can attune but it's basically they craft this jewelry which gives them like a, a weapon and it's also can summon a golem that looks like them a clone essentially yeah, yeah. a clone and it's just kind of like a beautiful little bit of like i don't know just a bit of like flavor, flavor. that i'm like I've Googled on the DMs guild. There is not uh, one of those yet, playable race. <laughs> on that after this, this after afternoon, Rygar being made. I'm just going to be making. To be honest, this is the thing, though. Nothing has made me more excited about making stuff than Spelljam. Isn't that interesting? It's like there's just something about it that is just like, this feels like a new setting. And I think mm-hmm. what they've come out the gate with is very lightweight and allows lots of people to do it. But it also makes me think like, this could have been 600 pages of information yeah and we would have all been happy about it and i I, well Mm -hmm. i think we could have all been like i don't know it's great for people who want to make stuff i guess we'll round off this episode then with the adventure now you said you hadn't looked at it or be able to no i didn't know anything of it i actually don't and uh, the point was because I didn't want to get my head filled with adventure stuff because I'm running my own adventure too mm-hmm. weirdly. That's kind of part of it. And also I needed to spend the short amount of time between <laughs> between now, yesterday and now yep. learning the rules and all these sort of getting all that sort of stuff in my mind. So I didn't have the time. So I have I have no idea Perfect. apart from it's got a cool person with gold garb on. Yes. Let me tell, let me tell you the backstory because I think this is kind of important. So mm. according to uh, Chris Perkins, who is obviously the lead project person on this, they sat down and were like, how can we get people into Spelljammer as an introductory adventurer? So this is at the forefront of the mind. They go, you know, they're like, for people to introduce the elements of Spelljammer, but at the same time, you know, create this amazing thing we've not done before. They came to this point where he was watching Flash Gordon, the film, and he said, like, it's, you know, it's got that pulp sci-fi thing, but there's always a cliffhanger. And if you go back to the original comics of the 19- uh, comics, sorry, of the 1930s, it always like, that, oh, no, Flash, what are we going to do? And then it cuts, and then next week, it's resolved and it continues on the story. Mm. So they came up with this idea of having a structure, of having a story that you could do in, like, 12 sessions. Yeah. And at the end of each session, you have a cliffhanger. And to get the players to want to come back tomorrow, whilst at the same time getting people into Spelljammer, and I think that's a great idea. I think what also played into that is that they want people to stream this game. And I don't know if they have streamed it already for the that Spelljammer things, because I've not been watching it. But first off, like I love the idea of pulp sci-fi. Like The idea is yeah. being campy. You've got GIF going around. You've got all these amazing aliens and stuff like that. The story itself isn't great. Okay. What, what happens is that you start off on your home planet and these vines come down, like something shoots from the sky and these vines sort of appear and start sapping the energy sending it up into space you escape onto a ship which happens to be a space galleon that goes up into space and your aim is to go to this place called Sarixus, where the astral elves are and the story sort of is about these two two siblings twin siblings astral elves are trying to take power of Sarixus because their their elder is dying and you it's discovered that what's sustaining the system is by taking the energy out of your planet and other planets and basically taking that energy making them dead and continuing sustaining their system interesting concept right 
takes 12 sessions to get there to understand it all. It could have been done in six to eight sessions. It takes so long to get there because it feels like a sightseeing tour. We're like, oh, and here's, there's an autoloid there. <gasps> Mind flyers, cliffhanger. And then next episode, it's dealt with in like two seconds. And that's my issue. All these cliffhangers are dealt with very, very quickly. And it's not dealt with by combat, usually. It's usually dealt by, oh, someone else has come to save the day. Oh, you're okay, etc. And I think that takes the agency away from the players. Yeah. I think you, Hamilton, could make better cliffhangers. I would recommend you reading it. So I think you okay. would change everything about it. Okay, well, that's interesting. I've, yeah, I've, you're saying it and you're saying things that I'm like, I, I've got, because when I've written my adventure that I'm doing for my stream thing, I've told you the, the story yeah. that I've gone for. And it is very much that similar, like, it's a running kind of 10 episode of, like, a continual thing. Yeah. But the thing with streaming, you do have to sometimes just do the, like, quick end, the quick intro, or, mm. like, in between, what happened between sort of thing. Like, we did yeah. our session zero last night, and I was letting them, like, get into it a bit more, so we didn't, like, play it word for word. But I was like, no. we can speed up some of these bits and how you resolve yeah. it, like... They got a bunch of mithril ore that was floating about. And I said, okay, well, quickly, on the way back, you go meet the people you took it that you found it from. Yeah. They have a deal. Roll me a dice. Okay, you get yeah. not full value. You could do those sorts of things. But you still need to let them have... I don't know. I didn't have it, like, middle of combat. Oh, we're all dying. And then the beginning of the next episode. Yeah, they didn't die. So what's happening next? Is that yeah. kind of what's happening? I don't know. Is that, I'm trying to understand the sort of... I can't, I, I don't know. You you would like finish like a big battle. You've battled yeah. something. Like you yeah. get, so for example, I'm going to spoil the, like the first little bit. Essentially, so yeah. this, the whole story is split into four parts and each part then has three episodes, essentially. Yeah. In the first bit, in the first three sessions, you mm. get into space or you get chased by a uh, an astral elf ship that tries yep. to board you. Uh, you then explore uh, an abandoned Nautiloid and then finally, you get to the Rocker Brawl. You've been meaning to get to the Rocker Brawl this whole time. And right. it just feels like you keep getting dra driven off track by all these. It almost feels like encounters. For me, mm. I would just go, get into space, you get to Rocker Brawl. You, you maybe get that chase towards the Rocker Brawl, but yeah. you, don't need, you don't need that separate. Like the yeah. Nautiloid encounter, really interesting. I really enjoyed yeah. it. But it's like superfluous got to the rest one of the story. Well, though. I'm so worried. I've got a nautiloid. <laughs> I mean, how is not? But no, I, you, like, you, you will be fine because it's it's not. Again, the spoiler is it's not mind yeah. flyers. It's the yeah. the persiloins that have taken over that one. Yeah. And you get to rock a brawl. You're only there for one session, and then you're off again because you're being chased. And it's just like, yeah, oh, but you've got you've taken your time with this rock a brawl. I mean, this is the difference between streaming, I think, and and playing a game. Because in yes. mine, I, I, it's sim I mean, I don't want to give too much about what I'm doing, but yeah, there no, is that necessity it. when you've got a short amount of time to do something, and they're trying yeah. to keep it short and tight and streamable. As we said, this is what they're going to do. With like, yeah. it's clearly no, what was going to happen. That you've got to be. You can't. I mean, unless you're going to do a long form campaign, mm -hmm. then you don't have the chance to like go. Hey, let's spend four episodes hanging out in the rock yeah. Of so, so they deliberately said that this is for people who just don't can't commit a whole year of their campaign to Spelljammer. But I feel like I want to. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's, that's where the I'm thing. At. I think that what was missing was that uh, like a like a section or a box saying like, "Hey, so we've done it for twelve sessions, but you could do it shorter or longer." Because it kind of it kind of says like oh you could continue on this adventure but I feel that like you could spend for example later on there is a proper Flash Gordon moment where you're in an arena and you're doing lots of fighting I can imagine that taking at least two episodes because you you know you're doing the fighting between people but then right at the end you as players have a choice whether you save your world or you save Xerixus at the cost of the other one 
That is quite a heavy choice, right? I don't think it's dealt with at all. Like, it doesn't mention... Like, obviously, the whole point is that you're dropping hints throughout and it's like a little little bit of political entry right at the end. I think that's a very hard choice to make as a play. Like, I don't think... It's not like a Doctor Who... 12 episodes in. Yeah, it's not like a Doctor Who, like, so say a space opera or anything like that. You've been campy fun. Oh, we're going to get the Astral Elves because they've been doing this. They're the big bad. Oh, no, they're doing this because they're trying to save their civilization. And it does suggest that one of your party members or the party themselves sacrifice themselves. But if they don't offer it, then one of the NPCs will go and do it instead to stop whatever is happening. I was a bit like, that doesn't feel like the heroic end of a Spelljammer campaign for me. That I would do like it's not because it up until this point it's been very campy, very fun, and then it's like here is a serious choice, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I think I'm gonna have to read this, and I would look at it. I think there's some yeah. really good bits in it. I think they've got some ideas for it. I will say there's a there's no pronunciation guide again, so good luck with all the characters beginning with X. Uh, <laughs> there's only a couple of them, um, mm. but it's they've got some really cool interesting characterizations there's a little relationship that goes on between two characters which isn't really mentioned but hinted at which is cool the thing that i do quite like though i like the idea of having it structured because it says like here is a a summary of what happened last time it's a little box and it says tweak it to actually what happened and what happens if your characters accidentally uh, have their ship blown up or here's how they get Mm -hmm. to the next point and everything like that so it's it's very helpful i think if you're a beginner or intermediate dm if you are an experienced DM who's not done Spelljammer before, or if you've done Spelljammer before, I think you'd find this adventure really disappointing. And I think you're better off making your own adventure. Well, there you go. That, that's damning, I know. Because I, I, was, I was kind of excited for it. And the, the artwork's really mm. good. Some, some really interesting bits and pieces that you have a, um, an interaction with some uh, Kandori, you know, it, and, and it, there's a lot of like, see this, see this, see this in passing. And I wish you, as players, you got a chance to like have that connection. But I think because you're, not railroading them. I think you're helping them get along. Be like, okay, end of the session. You have to be here. I know I've drained the energy out of the room now, haven't I? No, it's just it's interesting. It's making me think. It's just making me think, and it's just um, I do want to read it, but it's like do I, it's like that whole like this movie's so bad, it's good. You got to read it, or so bad you need to understand it. And it's like oh, I'm gonna. I think I have to. I would suggest to you read the first part and see what you think of it. The first yeah. three sections, because here's the thing. I read it all in an afternoon. I think each section is like two to three pages max, which is brilliant if you're running an adventure. Mm. I think I think a lot more people will try and run something like this. I think as a result, it's kind of, for me, a weak story when, when I know as a storyteller, I yeah. can create so much more interesting things. And again, I'm going to say it again. I feel kind of spoiled a little bit because I'm just running through Radiant Citadel. I think the writing's so much better. I think there's more interesting story pl- points. It's. Yeah. I mean, like you sound like you've been. When you've been talking about the Radiant Citadel adventure, you've been. Running, I know. I'm, I'm so banging. I'm banging it. on about so it. But I just, yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> let's let's go into review then. Let's go into yes. review mode, right? Yes. So we look at it as a whole. Yes. I think we can agree that top marks go to the Astral Menagerie. I think. Absolutely, yeah, booze menagerie. We, absolutely. I think we can say that the adventurer's guide is condensed. It's streamlined, streamlined, useful. got useful, useful things. We'd always love more. We'd like always. more from the character options. We probably would love more spells and ships could do a little bit more. And the rocker brawl. Good starting good point. Start. Good starting point. But I can imagine if I was a veteran spell jammer person, maybe a little bit disappointed. But that, yeah. so what? So exactly. What? But exactly. But you could. That's all out there, isn't it? As they would always yeah. say. And there are stuff out there. And then and the adventure itself feels a bit lackluster. And yeah, I would read it through. 
and then maybe yeah. I I said I think I said to you I'd either shorten it down to six sessions or properly fill it out and make it a, a year long campaign and have this sort of interaction like again like a space opera making yeah. it maybe a little bit making that decision at the end yeah. worth because yeah, you know, I think you can make this as a proper like Star Trek. What 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 do we want from it? We want more, basically. You and I are on the same page. I think there's going to be supplements, maybe for extra life, perhaps for more ships, maybe more adventures. Yeah. I would love to see because the light of Zerixus that is a lower level as well. That's five to eight. Actually, do you want to talk a little bit about the Spelljammer Academy that came oh, out? Yeah, talks? that was interesting. I I actually thought they were quite a good little intro. I read most mm. of them because I was just trying to get as much as I could. I'm um, just trying to find Cause them because from what I understood, that was like a, a four part, like a mm. one to, level one to five introduction to Spelljammer. But you were already like cadets that were learning how to yeah. do spell jamming stuff. Felt like a bit like Star Trek when you start out. That's it. Of did. Thing. It was Star Trek. Uh, yeah, the Star Trek Academy exactly yes. the same. Yeah, I think it was inter- It introduces you to a lot of the different. Uh, bit of ships it starts really simply as well like gives you you start on the first adventure fighting some people uh in a space uh simulation uh on just the forecastle of a a map and you fight some reavers and a lot of the uh training officers in it uh, there's a hadozi there's an auto gnome there's a gift so you're introduced to all the the different uh uh, players uh options that you can interact with there's a lot of Mm -hmm. a lot of fun little like you get little handouts and stuff. Really good fun. It sounds like this other one is more pulpy sort of sci-fi, whilst this was definitely more your Star Trek Academy. And I think this would lead you nicely into like, uh, you get to interface with a few different, uh, like get a ship combat at the end. There's a bit of like interfacing with uh, the whole the tyrant ship. Yeah. So like you introduce to some of the more exciting elements of Spelljammer and... Mm-hmm. And you get to meet Mert, which were like... Really, yeah, really, that's yeah. quite cool, isn't it? Maybe that's the thing for me. I feel like I'm tired of the fish out of water thing, which is what would yeah. happen with that, with the mm. uh, Light of Zerixus one. He's like, you're on your Earth. Well, there's some yeah. space. We get that. We know we're about to play Spelljammer, right? Whereas yeah. I think the Spelljammer Academy, you're already there. You're in the moment. Yeah. You're learning how to be this thing. And then you go off and do your adventures yeah. From the brief bit I read about Spelljammer Academy, I thought that's what the Light of Xerixus was going to be. I thought yeah. it was going to be a continuation on that sort of thing going, yeah. oh, you've been sent on, you know, you've worked yeah. at your academy for a bit. Now there's mm. been some talk about planets that are dying, all that sort yeah. of thing. Would have been an interesting one rather than it affecting you. Because I like this idea, like, again, maybe it's that Federation thing where like, yeah. we can't get involved because... Yeah. Prime Directive. Uh, the Spelljammer Academy map itself is so yes, cool. It's got beautiful. security levels with little different colours and cadets yep. are red. Yes, I know. It's their red shirts. <laughs> there was a lot of like moments for party interface and interaction. Like There's a thing called pre-fight meal in Trial by Fire where yes. it's just a moment where you're just um, get the characters gathering the Academy's refectory to eat breakfast. you know. And it's like it gives you a lovely little intro to that and a chance to just have character development moments. Yeah. And so I can't, I can't talk with as much confidence about the other one but from this i thought it was i really thought this is a good way to get into it and for new players particularly i felt like what you could do with that spell jammer academy stuff is Mm. that you could take stuff from say for example the strixhaven report card have that Mm. rival stuff because they talk about about, like a group of rivals that you talk with so having that call the never deep with the your critical role people yeah you could take you again i thought that was just so much more interesting and more of an opportunity for players to do stuff rather than you go here then you go here then you go here and 
you follow along a path essentially again i don't want to mm. say it's railroading because it definitely there are options mm. but it does it does feel a bit unoriginal yeah. and actually the spell jammer kind has good little twists in it either maybe chucks a little twists in there and i think one of the traps in it i always thought was a great trap where it has uh one two three four five different outcomes oh like, yeah how cool you can either just like really fail it you could either deactivate it you can either do something with magic you can either just roll with it or uh, make it work or you can have an npc sort of fix it so like there's Mm -hmm. five different solutions that your your players can get involved in and it allows what i just love about that is particularly for starter adventures is that we've got to remember that sometimes it's starter dms as well 100 percent, yes and i think that's what i liked about it was that a lot of times Traps are great because you allow your players to come up with an idea and you then yes. go, yeah, yeah, that works, that works, you know, yes. whatever. But Absolutely. what this does is it allows that starter DM to be flexible as well yes. with an options. And that's something I picked up on that, which I kind of like. I hope that other people can access that Spelljammer Academy. I don't know if they can anymore because obviously it was in the lead up to this. Uh, I really do hope people can. People should get to it. I'm sure it'd be on DMs Guild at some point yeah. as maybe an extra life thing if you didn't get it for free, but I'd recommend that. The final, final thing, also, 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 I'm going to talk about, because we did mention it at the top of this episode, is the Spell Jams CD. Because uh, yes. I know you've not had a chance to listen to it, but this got announced on the day saying, yeah. hey, we've created a, a soundtrack for you to play in your Spell Jammer games. And it's a fully fledged album, like, but it's not an ambient album. It is from different artists. There's 19. A couple of the tracks' names take it from the adventure itself. And I'm going to say it. It feels like what they're trying to do is emulate Stranger Things. They're trying yeah. to emulate that sort of like, here's a cool soundtrack, and that's that, which is great. And I like that idea. And they've done it before with Eberron. They've done another mm. soundtrack for Eber- Eberron. And they've done ambient soundtracks for other things before. There are some really hit and miss uh, tracks okay. on it, I will say. The first track, I absolutely love. I thought that was so cool and really interesting. And then there's a couple of other ones which are a bit more space agey, very sort of like you're in like, you're in space but it feels very calm Mm. and then there's some i think what they were trying to do have you ever listened to like uh jeff wayne's war of the worlds at all uh very briefly yeah 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 so you know that sort of style there's like talking over stuff and then there's like big big uh Mm. sort of orchestral pieces and stuff like that there's a track on it and i'm not going to say which one it is which does that and it's i just thought it was dreadful (laughs) i i skipped it I thought it was oh. so bad. And I'm okay. sure if you listen to it, Hamilton, you'll, you'll know which one I'm talking about. It's okay. very early on. The only music I recognise from it is Black Marble, which does the song Far. I like their music generally. I don't actually recognise any of the other ones. Overall, there's some really good tunes in it, but I don't know if I would actually play it as we're doing anything. Like, I, it definitely would do it in roleplay modes. Maybe you do it in combat for certain bits of it. But even then, some of it is so varying. Up and down. Yeah. Can I say what what I like about it more than Go anything? Is that I now can say I'm listening to Spell Jams whilst I play Spell Jammer on the Spell Jammer <laughs> using the Spell Jammer and I'm in the game Spell Jammer. So I've go. got an additional use for Spell Jam. What it made me think of, and maybe it's something for future, because we've already done this like like music to DM to. Maybe we need to do an episode of mm. uh, music to well, space or space, yeah. other cam- oh, or uh, other yeah. campaigns, you know, like yeah. w- uh, like uh, Wild Beyond the Witchlight or anything mm. like that, some sort of setting. Because okay. I think certainly for Spelljammer, it's so like, I can imagine. I know what I would put in, but maybe a bit of the spell jams. Not not all of them though. Well, the one I was going to say was uh, public service broadcasting. They do a thing called the Race for Space, which is all built over with like it's all very ambient, but then it has like. <laughs> 
this is five one two. This is uh, you know eagle has landed. You know, yeah, and they've yeah, used yeah. sounds from the original like space race. I definitely see this as a creative collaboration thing that we'll have to do. Like, mm. I can already think of like what would you put as a Curse of Strahd soundtrack, for example. <gasps> and I'm thinking like what we do in yeah. the shadows, the yes. changes, you know, like it's a little bit of campiness, but at the same time, you know, dread and all that sort of thing. So, well, anyway. obviously, I've got to mention Bowie for Spelljammer as well, haven't I? Obviously. Well, naturally, <laughs> I was like, where's Bowie in all of this, Hamilton? Here's here's your cue, and yeah, you got it. It's fine. Hamilton, thank you. Yeah. That, was, that was just over an hour and a bit of like mm. us talking about Spajama. Like overall, I think a yeah. solid three stars out of five uh, mm. potential. And I hope yeah. people take it and run with it and create more stuff. That's what I want yeah. people to do out of this. It's like they go, this is all right, but or this is great, but I want to do my own things. Like you're doing with, with Bowie's in space. So yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I've been really down on certain bits of it, but overall, I actually think it's been a good job. But we definitely have to do a Radiant Citadel episode at some point because okay, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love it. So Fantastic. Ah! Awesome. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay, well, uh, I think then with that, there is not more much to say, is there? Oh, yeah, we need to do... <laughs> Hamilton, what's coming up for you? <laughs> what, are, what are you doing in the grand okay, What am I doing? Oh, well, what am I doing? Well, as I've mentioned about a billion times, <laughs> I'm doing Bowies and Spelljammer. Oh. I did a session session zero last night it was super fun i've I've enjoyed it i think the group is really cool yeah really cool peoples yeah we've got from my previous shows that i've done we've got chloe who was on my two things we've done the mortborg thing which should be coming out in september should be releasing september 5th the theater macabre uh, as well as taylor who was on that who's also from the backwater bastards which is a sci-fi adventure but more sci-fi traditional sci-fi if you know what i mean than Spelljammer Spotify. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we have the, the one, the only, none other than Jeremy Cobb from oh, Three Black Halflings. Oh my God. Which yeah, oh. is very exciting. So uh, cool. They're super cool. And the dynamic that the, the group was getting uh, last night was absolutely fabulous. And um, they've all. Uh, fitted in really interestingly into into that uh, ship so i'm very excited to get going with session one tomorrow evening <gasps> oh my uh, god that's so soon that's all very exciting that should be coming out probably not now until mid-october but in the meantime i'm probably going to be releasing a hex ton of stuff for <laughs> yeah you're, yeah, gonna gonna have a, you're basically be going creative hat on i've yeah. been building ships i've drawn already three ships now so i'm like okay so expect to see stuff like that yeah, are you, you going to put any teasers out on twitter then yeah those. there is you can see already my watch spider which is a a new uh, neogi ship which has a sort of arachnid sort of head uh and is more like uh it's a medium-sized ship between their sort of death spider which is quite large and their small ship which they haven't released in this one which was called a knight's uh night spider yeah night spider Oh, mind spider sorry mind, mind spider. spider yeah so uh watch spider there's also a thrycreen ship that i made which is chromatic uh which should be fun ah. and there'll also be another sort of spidery ship but it's a more humanoid ship that maybe has come from altered dimensions but i'm gonna make some more because i'm really enjoying it and as i said September 5th, that Theatre Macabre by Mork Borg show will be coming out that week. So whatever the Sunday is of that, I don't know what that is. Add six. So the 11th, I think that'll be previewing. Promoting. So is that, would that only be on video or is it coming out on podcast as well? Well, to be determined how that's working. I'm still discussing with people about things on how that will, but I'm sure it will be audio, but how and where it comes up. Well, I'll just I keep an eye more. on your Twitter, I think. And yeah, also exactly. we'll yeah. close to the time as well. Yeah, so that's there will no be. Problem. Yeah, exactly. So we will do that. What about what? 
what on earth is going on with you, Fiona? How on earth are you so amazing? Why on earth are you not doing more things? When on earth are all those things going to relief? Where am I? (laughs) (laughs) So, hello. Who am I? My name is Fiona. What am I? I am a podcaster. Where on earth am I? Well, where in general? Where are you? Where? (laughs) Just shout where. (laughs) Where Where is a What Am I Rolling podcast, a twice monthly RPG one-shot podcast. As always, it is going very, very well. I am in the middle, middle of editing. Stuff is ready to be done. I just need to do tons of voice work for it. We've recently, at time of recording, we interviewed Graham Davis, who is uh, quite big in the RPG world, which I didn't realize at the time, so apologies for that. Um, But he wrote the supplement to Vassan, which is this Nordic folklore horror game which i've talked about uh, before yeah. he wrote the mythic britain and ireland supplement which is all about this folklore mm. stuff and, and setting your version of vassan sort of there and i really like it it's really cool history and stuff that if you really like call of cthulhu but you really want it to be more sort of about mystery based and about folklore rather than like horror then i would highly recommend checking vassan out because it's a really it feels very much like what if buffy uh, was set in the 1980s and you had that victoriana uh that sort of industrialization happening all Wait, around you, you mean the 1890s that's yes that's what i meant you said the 1980s I was oh like, my god far. my brain is all like spell jammer so time is yeah. a wibbly wobbly concept um but yes i highly recommend checking that out when it comes out but we've got stuff like paranoia coming out we've got user is typing message sent which was a solo game i did ages ago so yeah, it's all sort of happening, essentially. So all good stuff. Very exciting. I have also heard on the grapevine that by September the 5th, there might be also a DM's book club variation potentially mm. released then. What, potentially. What, could, what could that be? Oh, God. It might be, again, time of recording, who knows, but we're, we're probably doing a travel book club, the DM's Travel Book Club, A Guide to the Plains, which we've been working on for pretty much over the last year, just going through yeah. and take stuff like that. I'm very excited to see what happened. Yeah. <laughs> we've done, how many episodes have we done? Like 13? We've done 13 of the 16 planes of existence. Yes, yes. So we yeah. need to hop back on and finish those the final couple of planes. But, Hoping um... very much that Planescape gets <laughs> confirmed tomorrow. Yes, as we'll find out. You've heard us talking about planes a lot recently over the last few, uh, ser- the last series. But yes, with my love of Planescape, and my desire to expand everyone's knowledge of the planes, the lack of the information in the DM's guide, uh, I've decided to force Fiona to read all the 2E books that are related to each of the planes <laughs> of chaos, <laughs> law, and conflict. And yeah. uh, we've gone through them, and uh, we had quite a lot of fun, I think, generally. I loved it, yeah. You probably will see when I've moved halfway yes. through. <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. But you could also, there's, there's st- ones that we absolutely love. There's some that... One of us loves, one of us hates, and there's oh, somewhere we both... Oh, Macarnas. and, and uh, Igris... Uh, Igris... <laughs> God. If you've enjoyed stuff like Radiant Citadel, if you're thinking about Spelljammer yeah. stuff, then and you want to, like... You know, get some ideas for other planes that, yeah. that have been covered in uh, D&D. Why not check that out? Hopefully we'll, we'll have more done, hopefully. Yeah, um, exactly. To expand your horizons on more D&D settings and spaces to go, yep. we got you sorted. Probably be podcastable as well, but we will uh, still TBD, but there will be video. Video format mainly, so you get to see our 
beautiful faces once our again. beautiful tired faces as we call <laughs> late at nights. Yes, absolutely. And then finally, 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 also, 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 we have yeah. an offer code. Oh, I know I keep going on about it all the time, but I always forget about it. If you want 10% off your first order at Third Space Gaming, type mm. in the offer code DMBC into checkout and you can get 10% off your first order. Spelljammer is out. Go buy it. Uh, you Not know, in the you... shops yet, though, is it? Oh, good point. Let me rewind that back. Spelljammer is coming soon to the UK. Yeah. <laughs> it's in mid-September, because uh, yeah. even I'm chasing my pre-order just now, and they got told it's been moved to uh, September, which kind of sucks. But at the same time, if, you, uh, you know, if you're if you looking for a present, if you... You know what? My birthday is in September, so, oh. you know... Oh, well, yeah, that's not, yes. that's not use your ten- you. <laughs> I was going to say, well, you can use your 10% well, off at Third Space Gaming. <laughs> that's perfect. All right, with that, with as the jam plays us, as the spell jam plays us out, we're going into space, going into space, and the spell jam's throwing out of race. We're racing yes. our spell jams to, I don't know, can't, See, I think you can. I think spell jams would be better if you if you'd selected uh, all the tracks. Hamilton just okay, saying. I'm now going to go make another thing. The spell jam song by the Jam. Reworking jam going underground by the spell going jams. Into space, going <laughs> in space. All right. Thank you so much for listening, folks, and we'll speak to you. Hear you. See you next time. We'll see you on the flip side of space. <laughs> in space. <laughs> We are losers, you know that, right? I don't (laughs) care.